You could turn there with me. Or perhaps they'll have it on the screen. I'm not sure. But in either, in any case, I'll read it out loud for you. Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah is not one of the major Bible characters. He was actually a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. And he made a bold request one day to return to his home country of Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 6 <clears throat> picks up in the middle of a massive building project on the walls of Jerusalem. Beginning reading with verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach or hole left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. That Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. And they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm doing a great work. So that I cannot come down. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I can't come down. Why should the work cease? While I leave it and come down to you. Tonight, this will preach a very simple message, but I think it is one that's going to challenge this generation. I want to preach to you simply that I, I can't come down. I can't come down. You may be seated. I love the book of Nehemiah. I love the way Nehemiah handles himself. And I find myself looking time and time again to Nehemiah and his group of people. And I'm reminded that Corinthians tells us the things that happened before us happened as an example. And they're written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. That's us. And we can look to stories like Nehemiah and other places in the Old Testament. And we can see examples of, of the kinds of things that got us to the point that we're at today. We can see examples of how we can conduct ourselves and apply ourselves in these last days. And we see Nehemiah as a man on a mission from God. He had a single purpose. And he found himself in the middle of a project that he never imagined that he'd be a part of. He found himself rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Tonight, I just want to be very direct and straightforward with you. If we're going to look to Nehemiah as an example of how we can live in the kingdom today, we've got to get up on the wall and start to do something. And the reality is, is that several of us don't have to worry about not coming down off the wall because you haven't yet climbed up onto the wall yet. I'm not condemning you today, but I'm here to challenge you tonight that if you have not found a place of service in the kingdom of God, that tonight that needs to change, young man. That needs to change, young lady. You have got to find a place of service in the kingdom of God. This is the year to align yourself with the vision of your pastor. This is the year to teach a Bible study to your friend. This is the year to step out in your praise and your worship in a way that perhaps you've never done before. This is the year that you need to take a new stand for holiness and your identity in Christ. This is the year that you have to find a place and you have to find a foothold 
hold and climb up onto the wall and begin to do something in the kingdom of God. This is the year that your time as a spectator and as an, as an observer comes to an end. It's time for this generation of young men and young women to go up in faith and to go up in their worship and to go up in their sacrifice for the kingdom of God. The king has decided that it's time for the walls to be reconstructed. It's time to build and it's time to go up. And you'll find that once you reach a place, you don't have to go to the highest heights for it to happen either. You'll find that once you become involved in the work of the kingdom, that your perspective will change. If you still got your Bible open, you can look in verse 3 in the scriptures we read a moment ago in Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah called it, and you repeated it to your neighbor, he called it a great work. And sometimes we, we sit back and we say, you know what, Brother Anthony, I just can't see it. I can't see it. And a lot of times that happens because we live the majority of our lives down at ground level. And our perspective isn't such to where we can see the magnitude of what God's taking place, what God's orchestrating in our life, and what God's doing in us and for us and through us. Nehemiah had perspective on the wall that everyone else perhaps lacked. And from his vantage point, he could see that it wasn't just an ordinary construction project. It wasn't just that he was stacking bricks on top of one another. It wasn't mundane and it wasn't ordinary, but it was a great work that he was doing. And he was doing it in the name of the king. He was doing it for the kingdom of God. And it's mind-blowing to me that there still remains people that can stand to live their life at the bottom of the wall, that, will, that are content to settle down in the dirt, in the dust, and never ascend to the place where they can see the plan of God that he wants to begin to unfold before them. They're the same people. And we all find ourselves in this position every once in a while. They wonder why their spiritual life, their spiritual growth goes in short spurts. They never seem to get locked in for the long haul. It seems like I'm just going week to week, month to month, youth convention to youth convention, event to event. And I can never get locked in and I can never really say with certainty that God really is doing a great work in my life. Nehemiah was able to see. He was able to see and he was able to say, look what God's doing over there. God's bringing something together over there and it's because of his perspective and his vantage point and it comes from first and foremost him being involved where he was supposed to be involved at. He found himself in a place of exile in Babylon and he was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes and one day he was moved and he was stirred in his spirit and the king noticed and asked him what was going on. And Nehemiah made a bold request. And he asked the king if he could go back and lead the rebuilding of the walls of his home city. Who comes out of exile only to stand at the bottom of the wall? Who does God deliver from the hand of the captivity only to return to the promised land and stand at the bottom of the wall and remain unchanged and unmoved by what God desires to do? You're a child of God, young man and young lady. And it's time that God's already taken you out of the exile that you've been in. And he desires to place you in a promised land. And he doesn't want to just place you in the promised land, but he wants to give you a perspective. And he wants you to see what he's doing. You've been talking with your pastor. I know I'm talking to someone tonight. 
You've been talking to your pastor, your youth leader. You've been working through some very real struggles and real trials in your life. But it's time for you to begin to gather up the broken pieces of your life that the enemy has scattered and begin to pick up those pieces and build something for God out of your life and to build a monument of testimony for God. And if you look around, you'll know that you have the raw materials necessary to do just that. And even if you will look around your life tonight, and you say, I really don't think I have anything that I can build something out of. I would just refer you to the first pages of the Bible where you'll find that God's favorite building material happens to be nothing. You have what it takes to be involved in the kingdom. You have a purpose in your life. You do not have to wander aimlessly. You do not have to be content to be a cupbearer for every day of your existence. But God has a plan that he's desiring to unfold. A wall that he desires for you to climb up on. A perspective and a vision that God wants to place in your life through your pastor and your spiritual authority in your life. And he wants you to grab a hold of it and live it out. You're waiting For your perspective to change before you climb up on the wall and get to work. But scripture puts it the other way around. and The book of Proverbs says it like only the Proverbs can. It says, commit thy works unto the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. Notice the order that it's put in. Commit your works up unto the Lord. Let me say it in the way that we're talking tonight. Climb up on the wall and then your perspective and your vision will change. Then you'll start to see what's happening. And our human nature desires for it to be the other way around. But God has put it and ordered it in such a way to where he desires for us to get locked in. And to, get, and to start participating. And to start doing something. And then he'll begin to unlock some things in our spirit. And allow our spiritual eyes and ears to begin to detect some things that are happening in the atmosphere of our city. And in the atmosphere of our school. And we can begin to watch on the wall as Nehemiah did in verse 2. Nehemiah, when he was on the wall, he was watching for these things that were taking place. And he discerned from his position in the will of God that they intended to do him harm. That the people that had come and the messengers that were being sent to the bottom of the wall, that they weren't there for his good, but they intended to do him harm. And there's young people in this room today that feel like constantly they're falling into the snare of the enemy and they want to become aware of what the enemy's schemes are and they want to avoid the snares and the traps of the enemies how do you repel the attack of the enemy how do you do those things from where you are you have to get on the wall and you have to stay on the wall because it's only from your position in the will of God that you can discern what the enemy is trying to do you'll have a new view of temptation and you'll have a new view of distraction And you'll see those things for what they really are. Paul wrote to Timothy in the very last letter that he would write to this young man. He told him that no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. The first thing the enemy tried to do was they tried to distract Nehemiah. They tried to call him down out of the will of God for his life. They tried to lure him off the wall where he was supposed to be. And then even later in chapter 6, even just several verses later, they tried to intimidate him and make him fearful. And it's certainly as this is not the hour for this generation to become distracted, amen? As certainly as that is true. 
This is also not the hour or the time for this generation to be fearful or timid about the gospel because we've got to get a hold of what the Apostle Paul got a hold of when he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The prophet Isaiah wrote that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper and that no word spoken against you is adequate to destroy you. Paul also wrote to Timothy and told him that God had not given him a spirit of fear. And it's not necessarily fear in the sense that we would think of it, but it's probably more in the sense of timidity and being a timid individual. And this is not the time for a generation of apostolic young adults to become timid about the gospel, to become timid about holiness and living right. It's time to get on the wall because the enemy will do whatever he can to neutralize you. He'll distract you. He'll place fear and timidity into your life and he'll try to make you feel inadequate. And that's exactly what he's been saying to some of you tonight. He's been trying to speak into your life and convince you that you're insufficient and inadequate. Because you're in a season of life, young person, where you're making honest and earnest efforts to do what Nehemiah was doing. And he was trying to fill the holes in the wall. And you're in a season of life where you've just come back from maybe NAYC or some other thing, and you've had a life-changing landmark event in your life this year, and you've committed to God to do some things differently. And you've climbed up on the wall, and you've got a foothold on the will of God for your life. And the enemy is trying to convince you that you're not adequate. I know that because in the case of Nehemiah, when the enemy arrived, it was at precisely the time that he saw that the holes in the wall were being filled back up, that something was actually taking place. Some of you are suffering attack and temptation from the enemy, and that's not a coincidence because the enemy has recognized, young lady, that you're trying to plug the holes in your relationship with God. You're trying to build up and strengthen your walk with Jesus. And now you're feeling temptation from the enemy like you've never felt before. And you're feeling resistance from people that you didn't know you would ever feel resistance from. And you're feeling pressure from places in the world as you go back to school that you had no idea that there would ever be pressure in those areas before. And you're trying to work out and you're trying to conform Jesus Christ into your life. And the enemy's doing what he's always done. And he's trying to distract you and he's trying to make you feel like you're inadequate and every time you reach for another brick to fill up the holes and to make progress in your relationship with God and to pursue the ministry and the purpose that God's placed on your life he's trying to feed you information and tell you every reason why you should take a break but it's time tonight to shout back down at every enemy and every voice that's called up that wall to you and that's tried to take your eyes off of the will of God for your life. It's time to shout back down to every single adversary, every distraction, and every excuse. And say, I'm doing a great work. I'm in the will of God for my life. And I cannot come down. I will not come down from this place that God has called me to. I'm in the middle of God's will for my life. And I can't come down. 
If you're ready to gain a new perspective, I want to encourage you. Find a place of service in your local church. Approach your pastor or your youth leader and find out where you can be involved doing something. If you're tired of being blindsided by the enemy, I hope that you've taken away that you can gain a new perspective and a new level of vision and discernment against the attacks of the enemies. And it involves you becoming engaged in the kingdom of God. Nehemiah said, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down because God is at work in my life. And sometimes we get discouraged easily because we think that what we're doing isn't all that great. But let me tell you that every time that you kneel in prayer and no one else is around, you're doing a great work. Every time you open up the pages of your Bible and you search after God and you try to get something out of the pages of Scripture, you're doing a great work. Every time you take an ordinary conversation between you and somebody else and you turn it into an opportunity to testify of how God's been so good to you, you are doing a great work. God desires to build a life of purpose around that kind of activity. But Nehemiah's opposition tried to make him feel inferior and meaningless every time that he could. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 2. This is actually what they said. They said, what does a bunch of poor feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? They tried to downplay what God was trying to accomplish through Nehemiah's life. And there's somebody here tonight, and your name's probably not Nehemiah. Anyone named Nehemiah? All right, good. It'd be tough to carry that one around. But there's somebody tonight where you've got voices speaking into your life. They're trying to downplay what God's doing in your life. I don't know who it is. I don't know what voices they are. Maybe it's the voice of a parent at home. Maybe it's the voice of a sibling. Maybe it's the voice of classmates at school. But they're trying to say the same things to you that the enemy whispered to Nehemiah. What does this poor bunch of people, what does this person think they're really doing? What difference do they really think that they're going to make? Do they think they can really change the world? Do they think that they can really do something with all the sacrifices and the different decisions and choices that they're making? What do they think that they're up to? But God is saying to this generation that if you will take a stand for me and you will climb up on that wall and you will shout down to every distraction and every discouragement and you'll say, I'm doing something great God's doing something in my life that he'll carry you through and he'll give you strength and he'll focus your vision sometimes events take place that make us think those kinds of thoughts to ourselves, and we get discouraged on our own and we realize that there are some days up on the wall there's some days living in the will of God that are tougher than others but I believe that one thing kept Nehemiah in position Where he should have been. And it wasn't just that God was doing a great work in his life that kept him in the middle of the will of God and in the middle of the wall building project. But I believe that Nehemiah had grasped something that this generation must get a hold of. We live in a society and in a time where so much energy and so much dialogue is given to the individual. But Nehemiah had realized that there wasn't just a great work occurring in his life, but that there was a great work happening in his city. 
It was so much bigger than Nehemiah and just a handful of people. But God was doing a work in the city of Jerusalem. He was doing a work in the nation of Israel. And it was starting with a catalyst of a group of people that decided to stay in the middle of the will of God no matter what. And Nehemiah said, I can't come down from the wall because God's at work in my city. There's loved ones around me that are counting on my decision that I make in this moment. And in the middle of all the personal attacks that he faced, he realized that the great work that he was involved in wasn't just a personal one, but it was so much bigger than him. And he began to declare, and he began to change his mind and his heart about the way he thought about it. And he began to say, I can't come down because God wants to save my family. I can't come down because God wants to reach my co-workers and my classmates. I can't come down because God's got a plan for my church and my city. I can't come down because not just because it's all about me and because I want to be seen in the middle of the will of God, but because there's something bigger happening That God has privileged me to be a part of. There's a place in the body of Christ for you. And God wants to take your life and he wants to make it matter so much more than just about you. As the musicians come, they begin to play. Stand with me tonight. There was once a man like Nehemiah who was on a mission from God. He wanted so badly to be in the middle of the will of God. And as helpful as Nehemiah's wall-building exploits are, and as profitable as it is to us to look back into the Old Testament from time to time and see the examples that were set and to take instruction from them for our life, there's nothing next to the story of a man who was on a mission from God, and his name was Jesus. He entered humanity as a man, and he lived a righteous and sinless life. And he ministered and he taught and he healed the sick and he cast out demons all to fill up the holes in the walls of our fallen condition that we're in. He was arrested and he was tried and he was beaten and he climbed up on that wooden torture device, the cross, because he desired to do a work in your life. And it wasn't just that he desired to do a work in your life, but he desired to see a work accomplished in the whole world. And when he thought of how much he loves you, he declared from the cross, he said, I can't come down. I won't come down. Tonight, I believe God's trying to stir a young man or a young woman to a new level of sacrifice and a new level of desire to really be in the middle of God's will and to stay in the middle of God's will. God's calling you to something that matters. Something that matters and that doesn't just give your life a sense of purpose that you didn't even know existed. But he's wanting to give you a level of significance that extends itself far beyond even just you. He's wanting to amplify and to extend your influence onto your campus. He's wanting to use you as a conduit that his spirit and so that ministry can flow through to the lives of everybody that you come into contact with. He's calling a generation to take up their cross And to elevate their sacrifice and to elevate their faith and to elevate their prayer. And if you can't take, if you can't see it tonight, I want to urge you before we leave this place, take a step of faith and get in a position where you can see it. 
Because if you can't see it, I'm not talking about with your physical eyes, but I'm talking about if, if we would get in position where God would open up our eyes and spiritual ears and give us ears to hear what he's saying to this generation of the church. That he would position us in such a way to where we can influence this world and we can win this world for the gospel. Let's lift up our hands together right now and be sensitive to what God's doing. His word's gone forth and it's not because of me and it's not even because of you, but his word is alive. And his word has already gone forth and begin to penetrate into our hearts and into our minds. And if you feel so led, I want to invite you to come around the altar of this church around the front of this building or wherever you're at, if you feel so led to do, I want you to be sensitive to what the Holy Ghost is calling you to do. This evening, whether it's repairing holes in the wall and just strengthening your relationship with God. I'm not talking about going through the motions, but I'm talking about a genuine spirit of repentance. Lord, there's places where I've fallen short. There's things I haven't done as well as I could, and I want to make it right. And I want to start right now, God. There's some that need to go to the next level and begin climbing. However you respond tonight, whatever you do, God wants to do something in your family. He wants to do something in your neighborhood. He wants to begin it with the work that he does in you, but he doesn't want it to just stop there. You're not meant to be a cupbearer forever. Why don't you grab a hold of somebody right now, if it's appropriate. Bring them with you around this altar. Wrap your arm around somebody. Tell them, let's get to work. Let's do something for God. Come on, I wish some young person would tell God just by their actions in the next little while, Lord, I've caught a new glimpse of what you want to do. I see it, God. Would somebody take up their cross tonight? Would somebody say, on behalf of their loved ones, on behalf of their school, I can't come down. I've made up my mind. Whatever it costs me. Come on, this is the year to align yourself with the vision that your pastor and your youth pastor have cast for you and your city.